Shalom, everyone. This is Luke Tanner with Zion Hebraic Congregation. This week's Shabbat message is from my dad, Warren Tanner. The title is Under the Torah from Romans chapter 3. Feel free to check out our website, zionhebraiccongregation.com. There you will find archived Shabbat messages as well as blog posts by my dad. Feel free to subscribe to them in the subscribe box uh, with your email. You can also subscribe to our uh, podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever else you get them. And you can find links on our website to our social media accounts, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Enjoy. Hey, mighty warriors arise, yeah. Freedom does Okay, Shabbat Shalom, glad you're here. Good to see all of you. Glad you can make it, it's exciting to see faces. So, um, all right, this morning, if you would, turn to Romans, Romans chapter 3. I'm going to attempt to do something today that I'm not very good at. So I hope it'll work. Um, I, hope, I hope you'll be able to follow me and um, kind of catch where I'm going because this is not necessarily easy to present. However, I think it's necessary. So in Romans 3, it talks about being under the law. And that's a phrase that we get beat up with all the time as Messianics, as Hebraic roots people. Oh, are you going back under the law? I mean, have you heard it? That's what we were asked right away by Christians. You going back under the law? And I don't know how you are, but when you read certain passages of scripture, because it's so implanted in the, in the psyche of our minds, and you read a passage of scripture, it goes, ah! It scares you. It's like, oh no, that's one of those passages. I don't know if I have an answer to. Everybody asks me that. You know, you read through Galatians, it's like a minefield. Do I have any answers for all these things? Because we've been so pre-programmed to think Christian, you can't undo that thinking. And so automatically you're thinking, oh, what's going on here? Well, under the law is one of those phrases that we get beat up with. So I want to, uh, I hope I do all right with this. It was a blessing to me. I hope it was a blessing to you becomes a blessing to you. All right, so Romans chapter 3, before I forget to say, when we're thinking of the, the term law, as we're going to be reading it, think Torah. And if you think Torah, think instruction, because that's what Torah means, right? Torah means instruction. So if you take that in our Christian society as a negative term, law, and if, when you can, you substitute instruction, then all of a sudden, it's like, wow, it's not saying a whole lot of bad things anyway. But because we're programmed, stop in the name of the law, you know, the law's bad, the law's against us, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm talking regular human law. Because of the connotation lots of times we have with human law, when we hear the word law, we, we think negatively about it. If you just take it and put in 
instruction where it fits. If you put in the word instruction and you think of it that way, it just a lot melts away. And I've done this in talking with Christian people about the law and the law. And, and I just say, you know, it just simply means instruction. And they said, if everything that I just said to you, if you read the Bible, blah, 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 blah. So <clears throat> let, me, let me give you my introduction. I'm going to give you my thesis and then see if I flop, okay? Here's the introduction. Paul is demonstrating that the teaching of right standing with God through the deeds of the law as taught by the religious leaders of his day is categorically denied by the very law itself. Let me say that again. Paul is demonstrating that the teaching of right standing with God, parenthesis, through the deeds of the law, as taught by the religious leaders of his day, is categorically denied by the very law itself. So he's trying to say the teaching of the Torah was really messed up. Yeshua came to set the Torah straight, to, to put it on its proper footing again. And Paul is trying to say it's the religious teachers that have messed up. As a matter of fact, if you guys really search the scripture, friend, them you think you have life, you would know that the very Torah itself teaches that you cannot gain right standing with God through works of Torah. Now, we're not programmed to think that way, because Paul, he's the one that came along and set us all straight, and he's the one that had the new teaching from God, and, and he's the one that told us all these things that Jesus, forever, for whatever reason, forgot to tell everybody before he took off about what he was actually coming to do. So, that's the... The one sentence introduction. Paul's demonstrating that the teaching of right standing with God through the deeds of the law, as taught by the religious leaders of his day, is categorically denied by the very Torah itself. Okay, get that? All right, here's my thesis. Being under the law is not a bad or negative thing any more than being under law to Christ is a bad or negative thing. And we're going to look at that where it says that under law to Christ. Being under the law is not a bad or negative thing any more than being under the law to Christ is a bad or negative thing. So what I want us to get into, approach this with is this being under the law is not necessarily a bad negative thing in and of itself if you kind of do what I'm trying to do this morning, all right? Let me read you a note real briefly. I, uh, and I don't even know why I, I read this, but this is, you know, in the 400th anniversary of the King James Bible, they started putting out these reproductions. And I have one by Hendrickson. I, I, I read the, and so what, so what it does is, what the, the translators did back then is they basically, before every chapter, write an outline in a big long sentence or two. And they split it up by verse. So let me read this to you, I have to read it again. But just, just notice how, how we end with this, okay? 
the Jews' prerogative, that's verse 1 and 2, that's what advantage then hath the Jew or what profit of circumcision. That's a prerogative. The Jews' prerogative, now verse 3, which they have not lost, verse 9, howbeit the law convinces or convicts them also, the Jew, of sin. Verse 20, therefore no flesh is justified by the law, verse 28, but all without difference by faith only. And then this is the part I wasn't expecting, verse 31. And yet, the law is not abolished. I thought, wow, that is so theologically correct. That's awesome. They got it. They weren't, evidently, I don't know to what degree because I wasn't there 400 years ago, but let me read again, just without the, the verses. The Jews' prerogative, which they have not lost, howbeit the law convinces them also of sin. Therefore, no flesh is justified by the law, but all without difference by faith only, and yet the law is not abolished. Isn't that great? And why are we stumbling over this thing that Yeshua came to do away with the law? I don't get it. It's because things have become so twisted, so turned around for the sake of building a theological teaching that they had to do mental gymnastics with the text and turn it upside down and make it say something that it never said. If you read some of these older writers and commentators, they, because Luke and I were talking about, Luke said, yeah, they didn't seem to be as hung up with, oh, the law has been done away with, as we are now since the 1900s. So isn't that a good note? I thought it was just a great note. All right, so do you get where I'm going with this? Now, what I want to do is, we'll read chapter 3. There's five words that I want us to zero in on without too much technicality. I want to show you verses. You're going to have to, if you're at all interested in this, and I don't mess up recording it, you might going to have to listen to it again. But I think this is very important for us, not so that we can go prove to anybody else, Christian or non, that the law is not done away with, but to give us some solidity within us, because I know in talking to enough Messianics, we still have those queasy doubts within inside us, especially as we read the scriptures or somebody presents an argument, and we start to get hot and sweaty a little bit because, ah! And, and it's because we have so much Christian indoctrination into us, which isn't all bad, but in relation to the law, we, maybe I should say me, but I think we have a hard time seeing a passage of scripture or a phrase such as under the law in anything other than the Christian negativity has been placed under, right? That makes sense? All right, so let's read Romans chapter three. <clears throat> what advantage then hath a Jew, or what profit is there of circumcision? Much every way, chiefly, because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid. Yea, let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings and mightest overcome when thou art judged. But if our unrighteousness commend the righteousness of God, what shall we say? 
Is God unrighteous who taketh vengeance? I speak as a man. God forbid. For then how shall God judge the world? For if the truth of God hath more abounded through my lie unto his glory, why yet am I also judged as a sinner? And not rather, as we be slanderously reported, and as some affirm that we say, let us do evil that good may come, whose damnation is just. What then? Are we, the Jews, implied, better than they, the Gentiles? No, in no wise. For we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There's none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. I, I think it's interesting here he, he uses a Torah to prove his point here. There's none, 11, there's none that understandeth. There's none that seeketh after God, 12. They're all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There's none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace they have not known. Therefore, there is no fear of God before their eyes. Now, we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, which nobody wants to point to the end of that verse when talking about it, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say, at this time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Where's boasting then? It's excluded by what law? Of works? Nay. But by the law of faith. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Is he God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Seeing as one God, which shall justify the circumcision by faith and uncircumcision through faith, do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid we establish the law. <laughs> and that's why the, the, the translators put in the last part of the outline of chapter 3, and yet the Torah is not abolished. <sighs> they knew justification by faith through grace, back then, folks, on the other side of the book. And as a matter of fact, Paul quotes from the other side of the book when you're in verses 10 through 18 to prove his point. How all are guilty and all need justification and salvation by faith. Apart from the works of the law. It's always been that way, right? All right, now. Let's try to work our way through this, okay? 
this is where it may get a little muddied. So bear with me and forgive me if necessary. We're going to look at three words, and I'm not going to, I'm no Greek scholar, and you know, I'm not going to try to pronounce them and give you the Strong's number and, and all that stuff because I'm not, you know, I'm not saying read Strong's and you know what all words mean. I'm just simply saying I use Strong's to get the number to see where those words are used in different passages of Scripture. And that's what I did with this, because you have these, these words that we're going to be looking at. So um, I'll tell you what they are, the number, and we'll go from there. All right, the first word we're going to look at for under law is, is, is the word hupo, H-Y-P-O, and it means to be under or to be subject to the power of. That will be the first word we look at. If you want the Strong's number, it's 5259. Again, I'm not you know, saying you know, learn, follow Strong's and read the Greek and you're a Greek scholar. I'm not claiming to be a Greek scholar, but it's, this is simple basic stuff that anybody can do. So that's the first one we're gonna look at. The second one is, for under the law, it's the Strong's number 1722. And that word is a preposition. It's just E-N. I know this a little bit from the, the year of Greek I did take and got an A first half, flunked the second half because I, I was flunking everything else on the first half of taking Greek because I, I had spent all my time. So anyway, this is a preposition. It's the same thing under the law, but it's a preposition. And we'll see how it's translated. It can be translated as in, within, inside, by. It's a preposition. It shows relationship. Right, that'll be the second word. So that's, uh, and that's the word N-E-N, strong 1722. Right, third word for under the law is, um, is it, where it talks about without in, in our passage. We're going to see it. It's, it's, it's Strong's number 5565 and without, without law. You know, we think if you're going to do without something, it, it gets rid of everything, but it has the idea of being apart from, like within is inside, without is outside, if you can think of it that way. You know, we, don't, we do that with within, but now without has kind of flipped around in how we use it. But we're, we're within the building. Well, we're going to be without the building. Let's not, no, we won't have a building, we're going to be outside, if you can think of it that way. So that's our third word for this idea of being under law, although we'll look at the word without. But then the last two words are, are going to be quick. We'll get through those. It's the word void. Uh, and it's, it's the Strong's number 2673. And then establish, our last word there, 2476. But these are, these are words and phrases that are just used against us. If you talk to any Christian that knows his Bible, you're going to be talked about these concepts. You're under the law. But you find out that under is used two different ways. One, hupo, to be subject to. The other, under, is, is relationship. It's a preposition. Not under the authority, but it's showing relationship. We are under the roof of this building. Okay, it's not a bad thing. Well, unless it collapses, but you get the idea. And let's see. And then, so anyway, without saying all this. Okay, so that's kind of what I want to do with this. This part should be simple. It's not going to be complicated. We're going to look at verses. I just want you to see verses. If you're going to take notes and just write down verses under each word, that might be good. You might not need any of this. I needed it um, for me. All right, so 
The first one is under law. This is our word um, hupo, to be under or to be subject to the power of. And that's our verse in Romans 3, verse 9. Uh, what then? Are we better than they? No and no wise, for we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all hupo sin, under sin, subject to sin. All Jews and Gentiles are under sin, subject to, under the power or control of, however you might want to say it. Now, the verses in Romans that deal with this, I think are interesting. Um, chapter 3, verse 21 is the first one. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by, you could put uh, witnessed under the law and the prophets. It's the same word for under that we're looking at verse 9, all under sin. Here it's translated by, um, what verse am I in? Verse 21, uh, witnessed by the law and the prophets. So it's, it's interesting that Paul uses a bunch of scripture verses in verses 10 through 18, and then he, which refer to the Torah, and then he talks about how this, the righteousness of God without law, we'll get to that one a little bit, is manifested being witnessed by or under the law and the prophets. Righteousness of God, apart from the Torah, is manifested where? It's witnessed where? In the very Torah and prophets itself. Now how can we, in our infinite wisdom as theologians, come up with something different than that? Right? I mean, am I, I, look, I'm going to be looking at you a lot because I need you to nod yes or, or open your mouth and say, I don't know what you're saying. All right. So to me, this is a very important one. Being witnessed under, under the authority, under, under control of the Torah, instruction and prophets. All right. Uh, chapter six of Romans. Turn up there. And we'll look at two verses and, and that'll be it with Romans. And we'll go to Corinthians for a couple, then Galatians. All right. Uh, chapter six, verse 14 and 15. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you, for ye are not under the Torah, but under grace. Now that's not a scary thing, folks. It's just saying, if you've been saved, if you have righteousness apart from your own works, that, that law which was constantly condemning you and showing you your needs that we read in, in 3.8, your tongues are just poison in your mouth and blah, 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 blah. You don't have to worry about that standing in the way of you having a right standing with God because in Yeshua, it's been all taken away. So what are we under now? What are we controlled by now? Grace. Well, what were they always controlled by? Grace. It was, it was taught by the Torah and the prophets that under law means you, God's going to say, look at your mouth, it stinks. Look at your heart, it's rotten. Look at your feet, they're a mess. You, you're just full of sin. But he's not going to say that to those of us in Yeshua. Why? Because by grace you've been saved through faith in the shed blood of Messiah. And you need to read my blog because this week's blog, because the children of Abraham, who's of the faith of Abraham, it's, it's 
only those who are in the bloodline of Yeshua, not a bloodline heritage. We're all saved by grace through faith in the shed blood of Yeshua. It's always been that way. Abraham rejoiced to see the day of Yeshua. He looked forward to him as the Messiah. And he was saved the same way as we are, Abraham was. It was reckoned unto him for righteousness. What was his faith, his belief? Ah, glory. Ah, this is good stuff. Not because I'm saying it, but it's good stuff. Oh, another one. Um, Chapter uh, 16, and we'll be done with... We have three chunks under this. All right, Romans, and I'll try to be quicker. So Romans 16, 20. But just so I want you to see, being under the law... You have to see it in the context. Uh, 20, 16, 20. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. So that's where this word is used in Romans, all right? Now let's go to 1 Corinthians. Oh, ba-da, 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 ba-da. Chapter 9. All right, let me get a sip of coffee here. So these are, are, are the passages where you can see this under the law thing. Is, this is where I'm trying to zero in on, okay? All right, so 1 Corinthians 9.20. But it says... Uh, well, maybe it's not 1 Corinthians 9.20. Is it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I hadn't underlined it. Okay. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are, and it it continues on. I don't want to get into, I was going to get into this without thing because it's a part of it. But anyway, so, but I want you to see. So, um, and unto the Jews I became as a Jew that I might gain the Jews. To them, the Jews, that are under the Torah, as under the Torah, that I might gain that, uh, them that are under Torah. Okay, now I want to see how the same word is used in chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians. And if you can see it with this verse we're going to look at next, under the law, it's not this weighty, heavy thing, but as a place of, of shelter and protection. That, because of our relationship with Yeshua, we're okay. All right, 10.1. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were immersed into Moses in the cloud and into the sea. So that's not a bad thing. What I'm trying to show you is Let's not panic under the law. Well, under the cloud oh, with Moses. Not a bad thing. I bet you were happy to be under cloud. I mean, we lived in Arizona long enough. I would have loved to have some hot clouds over me, you know, at times. You know, sun 99% of the time of the year. Roasting, you know, a cloud every once in a while was nice, especially if it brought rain. Anyway, so th- this idea of, of, of not being, uh, of being under is, is not necessarily a bad thing if you understand where we're coming from. All right, uh, Galatians. All right, this will be the third time this word. 
It'll go a little quicker after this. All right, so Galatians. Now, we get into Galatians. Anybody panicking? Because Galatians is a book we always get beat to death with. Now look, Paul was teaching that the law is no more. And if you get under the law, you're, 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 you know, how many of you were labeled heretics? I was. Our family was. By Christians. Because you're under the law. Look, Paul, Galatians, that's what Galatians are all about. Paul's trying to say what a bad thing is to go under the law. We're not under the law, we're under grace. Well, you know, I'm under a cloud. I don't care what you're under. I'm under this protection. I don't fear the law anymore. Yeah, it was a weighty thing. That's what Paul says. Look how terrible God says he's going to judge the world, you and Gentile. That's the other thing. How's God, how does God have the right to judge the Gentile by the law? Because it's applicable. It's always been applicable. That's what he's going to judge by. And that's what Paul says in Romans 3. Here's a litany of everything. Your tongue, every, I can't remember everything under it. And, and, and Paul then turns around and said, look, God's going to be able to say guilty, guilty, guilty on those verses. Why? It was in the Torah and the prophets. Yeah, but God, that was all done away with. Can you imagine? Oh, gosh, we're not going to. Okay, I'm, I'm getting an attitude here. All right, Galatians. Um, but up, but up, bum, bum. <sighs> Subject to the power. All right. So Galatians chapter three. We're going to look just at verses in Galatians. Uh, 323. Have I read anything yet? I don't even know where I am. All right. 323. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith, which should afterwards be revealed. Now, if you just take it for what it says in light of how I'm saying it, we were in big heap of trouble. So Abraham, before he believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, he was in big trouble. Why? Because the law says, God says, guilty based on that. But, so that was before faith came. We were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Well, those of us that are saved, we're not worried about the first part. We are safe in faith. Um, uh, chapter three, 4, verse 3 and 4. I'm going to not say a whole lot because we'll never get out of here, but 4, 3 and 4. Even so, when we were children, we're in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. Yeshua must not have understood that. You know, that was one of these things that just always caused my head to spin. Yeshua came to do away with the law, but he was also under, in the right sense that we're saying, the law himself. You know, if it was such a bad thing, I have to believe he would just shredded it while he was here. But he didn't. Uh, verse 21 of chapter 4. What did I just say? Uh, oh, I'm not, I'm not in chapter 4. Okay, 421. Um, Tell me, ye that desire to be under the law, do ye not hear the law? This is why I said in my introduction, it's, it's the religious teachers that had messed this whole thing up. So Paul says, tell me, ye, those teachers that, you know, desire to be under the law, 
you know, they're saying, keep the law. You need to keep the law. You need to keep the law. That's how one becomes righteous by faith, because that's all they, they knew. Well, Paul said, you, you who desire to be in a law, do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one of a bondmaid, the other a free woman. And then it goes on from there to illustrate exactly what he said, by faith. And then one more here, Ephesians 5, uh, I'm sorry, Galatians 5, uh, 18. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. So this is idea of hupo. And if you can just think of it this way and read these verses, that'll help. Now, here, here's where the problem comes. At least if you're using a king, it's not a problem. In our understanding, it's a problem. And I don't know how other translations translate it. But there's also an under of the law, which, since we're already pre-programmed, under law is a bad thing. We miss that this is the second word where it's a preposition. The first under hupo, controlled by this word n, showing relationship. All right, so that's our verse, Romans 3.9, if you want to go back there. I know I'm losing you. Hang in there. 3.19. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped. All right. Now we know that what things soever the instruction saith, it saith to them who are in the law. How about that? Within the law. Now who, who categorically could that be referring to? It's, it's referring to the Jewish people that had their life, everything wrapped around, that to them was given the oracles of God. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are in the law. Why? That every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. I can't get into that. I just hope I'm giving you enough to be able to work through some of this yourself. All right. Now, I want you to see in the rest of the passages that I'm going to only give you are in chapter 5. So I tried to make this quick. I want you to see how this same preposition under, for under the law, is translated. It's the same word in chapter 5, over and over and over, different ways. All right? I'm just trying to, to bring our anxiety level down to see there's some simple ways of looking at this and we have the tools now we don't have to be held in check because there was a time when preachers could pretty much do whatever they wanted from behind the pulpit because you didn't have the internet where you have all kinds of tools available to everybody you don't have to have a massive library when i have my congregation spend thousands of dollars on on, on library books for for studying commentaries and, and whatnot now you get most of them or a lot of them for free online. Well, now there's a danger. Everybody can become, quote unquote, a scholar. But on the other hand, those that are trying to be honest and do some honest, sincere work, granted, maybe on a surface level, you can find out the same things as I do. You're just going to have to have a heart and a desire for. All right. Now, chapter five. This is where I'm trying to say that this phrase, under the law, is not necessarily a bad thing, if you understand where it is. All right, chapter 5, verse 2. Of what? Romans. By whom, we, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, under which, wherein, under which we stand. It's the same word, under. It's the same word, under. <laughs> Took the buddy away. 
we needed a diversion. All right, verse 3. And not only so, but we glory under, I'm going to put it under, we glory under tribulations. It's the same word, in, only translated as in. Uh, verse 5. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in or under our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. So it's translated as in. Um, this is a good one, 5, 9. Much more than being now justified by his blood, by his blood, under his blood, in his blood, through his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Uh, verse 11. And not only so, but we also joy in God. Verse 13. Uh, for until the Torah, sin, sin was in the world. Sin was in the world. Uh, verse 15. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many made dead, much more by the grace of God and the gift of God. What is my word here? By, it's a gift uh, by grace. Did I read it? In, yeah. And the gift by grace, under grace, in grace, through grace. Verse 17, for if one man's, for if by one man's offense, death reigned by one. In verse 21, reigned unto death. So it's, it's the same word. So what I do in my Bible when I find stuff like this, it's, it's not because I'm a scholar. I, I write all this stuff because I'm not going to remember it. So what I've done is, this here is right in here. By the verse in Romans 3, I write the number, I write what it is, hoopo or in. And then I make my own chain reference. I list every verse where it is. Then I go to that verse, Galatians or Corinthians, and I put a little X and, and I put number so-and-so. Romans 3, 9, because that takes me back to my original jump-off point. So that I'll have it. Because the next time I read Romans 3 and it's under law, under law, oh, which one was hoopo, uh, controlled by and the other one? Oh, under is just a preposition. It means in relation to. Well, you know, I'm not going to remember that stuff. And lots of times you have your Bible, I have my Bible, or if I know I'm going to talk to somebody. Because they're prepared for the arguments. They're going to beat us to death. We go in unprepared. You know, we go in prepared. I have stuff on my phone. That if my friend that I meet with up north, Jerry, asks me a question, wait a minute, Jerry, and I go to my verses on my phone that I've cut and pasted into my little program, because I'm not going to remember, but they have, like, we are so schooled in the arguments, and we are not schooled enough in our rebuttals, blah, 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 blah. so we lose the debate because of our ignorance, and they convince themselves through our ignorance they're right because they don't have an answer. That's how... James White wins his arguments. That's how Tuvi Singer, Singer wins the debates. That's not how you debate. Ha-ha, you don't know anything. I'm not going to tell anybody you don't know it. There, I know there is an answer, but ha I caught you. You don't know the answer. See, he doesn't have the answer. Therefore, you're wrong. That's what happens to us all the time. You know why? We're lazy! Do your homework, folks. Come on! We cry about how we're mistreated and blah, blah, blah. 
do the homework. What I'm trying to show you is, if I can do this, anybody can do this. You know, no excuses for us. Well, we're not going to have the answers. If you, uh, listen, I'm just yelling at us today. Are you reading your Bible every day, number one? Are you having devotions? Are you meeting with God? I am no saint. Ask my wife. I don't want her to tell you how unsaintly I am, but I'm, I'm not a saint. That one lady back in Groton years ago said to my wife, oh, it must be wonderful being married to your husband. We both looked at ourselves and snickered. No, it's not so wonderful being married to me. It's not because I'm any great saint. It's not because I have this super duper power of the Holy Spirit on me. I just come to God every morning with my verses. God, I'm naked and bare and I'm rotten before you and I'm coming to this book because I need it. And I'm trusting you today that where I'm reading is where I'm supposed to be. Now, God, open my eyes that I might see wonderful things from your law. And then I just read. Oh, wait a minute. Under, under, under. I'm getting beat up already. Oh, yeah, under, under. Oh, well, let's see. This word under, that word, there are two different words under. Well, then, listen, don't come crying to me because you're getting beat up because you don't have the answers. Understand, they are schooled in it. They grew up in it. Your family members grew up their whole Christian life indoctrinated with this. They don't have to go through the gyrations we're going through because they don't have to study it. By osmosis over the years of their life, they just absorbed it without even knowing it. We're the ones that have to do the work, but we're still lazy. We are just as lazy now as messianics as we were Christians. We're not reading our Bible anymore. We're not studying anymore. We're not availing ourselves of stuff that's there. We still expect Luke and me to come to give you stuff to problem you. I don't want that for us anymore. Now, this is pretty simple. You can all do that. If you want to know what tools to use, ask Luke. I don't want to talk about it today, but they're very simple tools that everybody can avail themselves. All right, uh, shut up. Let's go. All right, uh, one more under this, this preposition. Um, I think we might have looked at it already. 1 Corinthians 9.21, did we look at that already? I'm lost where we was. Oh, no, let's go to 1 Corinthians 9.21. This is where I started out. I mentioned at the beginning. 9.21. Um, oh, yeah, I, I, did we read this already? I can't remember. Okay, so 21. To them that are without, we're going to get to this, you know, outside, not in, outside. To them that are without, uh, as without instruction, being not without instruction to God, being under, in the Torah to Christ. We are in the Torah to Christ. Well, of course. What is he? He's the Torah. <laughs> if, if you're saved and been placed in Yeshua, you've been placed inside the Torah. That's why Christians cannot abandon Torah completely, because it's innately inscribed in our hearts through salvation. And even the lost person have it, Romans tells us, innate, the Torah is innately inscribed in them to some degree. I don't know what. Why? Because he's going to judge Jew and Gentile by the same thing. Well, you're born, and preachers used to preach against this. 
there's nothing good in us. Of course there's not. We are depraved, top to bottom. But innately in each one of God's creation, he stamped his thumbprint. And that thumbprint is his word. And, and so God is going to say, you know what? I place something inside you. You know, because everyone's, you look at the stars, you look at creation. Some, one of my children came and talked to you and it resonated inside. That's what Romans is all about. But you said, no, you said, no, you said, no, you said, no. And God, I gave you over to that wickedness that you wanted until you were so hard you couldn't hear anymore. What couldn't they hear? The Torah came to save them. Am I being too overly anything today? I didn't know I was going to be like this. This is why I sit down. <laughs> if, I, if I stand, ugh, I'll be throwing things at you. So we are in the law to Christ. All right. This, I'm getting done. This one's a little quicker. All right. So now we have to get to this other one. Go back to Romans 3. This without, without. Remember, I started talking about within, without, within, without. Well, we tend to think without, I think, in a wrong way. When, when English was at the height of its perfection, I think, back in this era, they thought differently about the, the use of the words was not like us anymore. All right, so, all right. This is in verse uh, 21. We're going to start. But now the righteousness of God without the law. And now, I don't know how you think, oh, we don't need that anymore. God's righteousness is without the law. We don't need that anymore. That's how I think of it. I don't know how you think of it. And that's how it was taught to me. Oh, righteousness is without the law. We, we don't need that. That's God. Jesus did away with all that. It's grace now. All right? All right, so this is Strong's number 3551. Um, and it's, it means apart from. Apart from. And that's very important. All right, verse 21. Uh, we read it, but we'll read it again with, with that apart from. 21. But now the righteousness of God, apart from Torah, is manifested. Am I in the right verse? Yes. Being witnessed. How? By the Torah and the prophets. Now, what it is saying is the Torah and the prophets taught all along that salvation is not by the works of the law. That's all that is saying. Now, because of the diaspora and the disciples being spread about, Jerusalem, I don't know where we are when Paul's writing this, but Jerusalem is going to be destroyed, the temple is going to be destroyed. Now, the gospel, for lack of a better way, is going to be outside the land in the diaspora. This is why we have, the, if you call it that, the New Testament. It's to help us poor ignorant Gentiles to figure out where we're supposed to go back to. <laughs> That's all it is. And so now, now, what we're having to learn is, it was always taught by the Torah and the prophets that salvation is not by the works of the law. It's been by faith, just like Abraham Verse 28 of chapter 3. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the Torah, which we were just told was witnessed by the Torah and the prophets. It's, 
Uh, I, I repeat myself many times. I'm trying not to do that. All right. Uh, let's see. Chapter 7. Two verses. Um, eight, nine. Seven, eight, nine. Uh, let me see. Uh, let's see. Okay. But sin, taken occasion by the commandment, which is what it's supposed to do, Paul saying, it wrought in me all manner of concupiscence, everything he talked about in Romans chapter 3, that list and more, for apart from the Torah, sin was dead. For I was alive apart from, I'm going to ask you a question in a minute, Paul talking, for I was alive apart from the Torah once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. All right. Now, when I was reading it this time, and I never asked myself this question before. Well, who's writing this? Okay, based on all the studying I had been doing, you know, up at this point for all of this and my devotions, I'm thinking, okay, wait a minute here. Let's, how can I look at this now? Paul is talking, and he says, for I was alive apart from Torah once. And here's my question. When was Paul the Pharisee ever Technically, apart from the Torah. Never! He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was taught by Gamaliel. He thought he was doing what God wanted him to do up until the Damascus experience. He's saying, at that time in my life, I was apart from what the Torah was teaching. I thought it was by what I was doing. And all of a sudden, I get struck down. I meet this guy. I said, hey, why are, you, why are you fighting against me, Paul? Well, I think this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm doing it as unto God. No! You're, you're dead in your trespasses and sins. You're outside the Torah. It's not by works. It's not. How, how do I? I'm showing you right now. He didn't do anything right then to get saved. He didn't do anything after to get saved. He didn't deserve to be saved. If nobody deserved to be saved, it was Paul. So God, in a moment in time, interacted in his life when he was building up his works of righteousness before God to get him in. God just knocks him flat. And then you're going to tell me that Paul is coming along and saying, yeah, Jesus came to do away with the law? No! There was a law that condemned him. I was apart from the Torah until faith came. My question again, when was Paul the Pharisee ever technically apart from Torah? Never. He knew the Torah inside out. The Torah just wasn't inside him. All right, so, therefore... Without law or apart from law doesn't mean the law was no longer in effect. Or that it was made void. Okay, you got, follow me on this. I'm going to say it again. Therefore, without law, apart from law doesn't mean the law was no longer in effect. Or that the law was made void. Here's the problem. It was the person, like Paul, that was without law, apart from law. That was the problem. The problem wasn't the law. That's what Paul said. 
I was outside the law. That was my problem. I misunderstood what it was telling me through the Torah and Prophets. Why did he misunderstood? Because you can only understand and see this stuff by the Spirit of the living God living in your heart, opening up inside of you that Torah, the living Torah. I'll say it again, then we'll move on. Therefore, without law, apart from law, doesn't mean the law was no longer in effect or that it was made void. It was the person, just like Paul, that was without law, apart from law. That was the problem. All right, now the last two words, just go real quick. I need to take a sip of something here. I need to take a breath. I got to slow down. So under, under, without. Three words were beat up with as the Christians presented to us and we stand there with our tongues hanging out not knowing what to do. Me too. I'm, I'm, I'm yelling at you only because I did my homework the other days. So I can yell at you. I was just there myself. What do I do when I go to see my relatives now out there in, 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 in Arizona this summer and, and they all go to a Christian church and I'm sure it's going to get in there. I'm warning you, it's still under the law. You know. I'm going to tell them to go to, to the website once we get up there. Listen to the message. That's what's good about putting a blog to messages. I, don't, I personally don't have to say anything. You want to know what I think? Go right over there. Plenty of me over there. All right, so uh, back to Romans 3. Verse 31. Do we then make void, this is our word, do we then make void the Torah, the instruction through faith? I don't want to tell you why it's H-E double toothpicks. No, this is what he's really saying here. God forbid! On the contrary, what are you thinking? We, we don't make void the law, we establish. That'll be the last word. We're, I'm establishing the law. I'm trying to tell you guys, I'm not tearing it down, I'm not knocking it down. I'm trying to tell you the religious teachers that you've been sitting under your whole life, just like I did, got it wrong. It's not by works, it's by faith. I'm establishing the Torah. I'm trying to tear down what they're teaching as what the Torah says. Now, the, the same word is translated in verse 3. For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God void? It's without effect. So, I don't know, sometimes it helps me. Do we then um, make without effect the Torah through faith? No, we make it full of effect. That's <laughs> what he's saying. It's got plenty of effect. Not the way you guys are presenting it, but the way God presents it. And, and Paul uses Abraham. It goes on to, to use Abraham as the example. That's why you get to the next chapters and he just, he parks on Abraham. All right, the last word is our word established that we just looked at. Um, if you, I won't give you the strongest numbers. It's irrelevant. Um, all right, so establish. We establish law. So all I want to do is, is uh, uh, one, two, three, four verses to show you here, and we'll be done with my wrap-up conclusion. All right. Establish. I just want you to see how else it is used. And then if you can place these words back into this verse, all right? Uh, chapter 5, verse 2. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein 
We are established. Same word. Established in verse 31, it's established here. Uh, this grace wherein we are established. Well, he's saying he established the law. Now you're saying that you're established by grace? How can that happen? Paul? Paul sent back there and says, not my problem, you got the problem. And, you know, I'm going to say, I think God had Paul write deliberately, ambiguously. That's not the right way to say it. I'm realizing now, as I've gotten into this Torah movement, as I've slowed my reading down immensely, to read Paul, you have to know Paul. Rush Limbaugh, and I'm not necessarily a fan, but I've listened to him enough. People, he would say this stupid comment. And I'd be just sitting there smiling, knowing that it was tongue-in-cheek. Well, he'd have these callers call in and just rail against him for saying this tongue-in-cheek thing. And he got off with them and he'd say, here it is. The people that have listened to me over the years, when I say things like this, they know what I mean. These are the Johnny-come-latelys that are looking for something to find against me. They take what I just said, which everybody who knows me knows what I mean. They now take it and use it against me, put it in the media, makes a headline, Rush Limbaugh said that. Well, yeah, did he say that? Yes. Is that what he meant? No. Well, how come you don't know that? You don't know Rush Limbaugh through listening to it. That's the same with Paul. Unless you spend time with Paul, you're not going to understand Paul. Because he's almost talking upside down, inside out, as we think sometimes. But he's writing it as it should be. So Paul just said, I'm establishing the law. But then he says, hey, we're, we're established in grace. All right, 10-3. Uh, this is a good one. I have to start with verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. The instruction. They have a zeal of God, but they're missing it. Why? For they being ignorance of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own. There it is. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness. Where do you find God's righteousness? Where would they find teachings about God's righteousness in Paul's day? The Torah is all they had. So he's saying these, these Jewish, these people of Israel, my brethren, I'm wanting them to be saved, but I'm telling you, they, they don't, they're not getting saved because they're ignorant of God's righteousness and they're going about to stand in their own righteousness and they've not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. Why? They're like Paul. They're stumbling over their own works for God's approval through the Torah and it's not that way. Oh, 11.20. I hope there's an 1120. I did go through all these and put a little check to make sure that I actually went through them and looked at them again. Uh, okay, so, well, because of unbelief, they were broken off. And thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. I don't want to talk about it. You can look into it. Okay, last one, 14.4. Who art thou that judges another man's servant? To his own, I hope I got this right. 14, 4. Oh, yeah. To his, uh, let me say again. Who art thou that judges another man's servant? To his own master he shall stand. Uh, uh, here we go. Yea, he shall be, here's our word, established. For God is able to establish him. Those are, that's our word. 
Uh, I don't know how you have it, but yea, he shall be holding up. He shall be established for God is able to establish him. It's the same word. All right. So let me wind this down and I'm going to be done. Conclusion. And I said this at the beginning, being under parenthesis in within the law is not a bad or negative thing any more than being under in within Christ is. We're under law to Christ. And being in the law, in the law is not a bad thing. Being under the law, maybe where it's hoopo, might come down on you. Yes, that's the one side. The other side is once you're in, good news for you. Good news for you. So are you back under the law? Yeah, I am. I'm back under the law. I shouldn't even say back. Are, are, you, are you going back under the law? And say, no, I'm not back under the law. I am in the law. I'm in it, yes. And that's how we need to, we need to hold our... And, and you know what that'll do? It'll cause our head to spin. They're not expecting that. They're, they're wanting some kind of, well, no, I'm not under the law. The truth is, and, and I've become so, so set at ease uh, I, uh, released, I guess, is because we can answer these questions honestly. Are you back under the law? Well, I'm not back under the law, but yes, I am under the law. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, I have a few ways to talk about this. We don't have to run from the argument. Just say, yeah, I'm in the law. I'm under the law. What's the problem? Tell me what the problem is. And let them start talking. If they talk long enough, you will end up finding Christians that, and I find this with commentators all along, they, they just blast something over here. The same commentators talk about the same thing in a different book, says, says it differently. After a while, you will have a Christian who, who is sincerely studying the Scripture end up with an outline of Romans chapter 3, just like the King James translators did who were not Messianic back in 1611. If you look at the chapter, in all honesty, you get to the end and Paul is saying, the law is not done away with. We're not the crazy one, folks. It's the people who sat under this kind of theological teaching for the last, uh, from 1900s on primarily, thanks to the Schofield Study Bible and beyond, everything now. Before that, saved by faith, they said, everybody, Jew and Gentile, the only way is righteousness apart from the law. Therefore, Paul concludes, I'm not, God didn't do away with the law. Anyway. Any thoughts you want to add? Corrections? Because this is the first time I've ever done anything like this, and, and this is a biggie. So I hope it was profitable. Luke will get it up there if you're at least interested. And, you know, search the scriptures to see if those things that I say are so. Because... I'm not infallible, but I, as best I know, I did my homework on this, check, check, and recheck, but that doesn't mean anything. Um, but I want you to have a launch-off point, not so you can say, hey, yeah, you were wrong, look at that, you didn't, I get it, I got it. But if I can give you a launch-off point for yourself in certain things, I'll be happy. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Um, differently for me doing this stuff, I, I don't reckon myself as a teacher at all. And uh, I don't have that gift, but somehow can you pull it together and, um, and just help us to, to stand 
in the assurance of where we are now in this Messianic, Hebraic, whatever movement that we're in. And when people throw these things at us, it's actually okay to say, yeah, I am under law. Let me explain to you. And now we have a simple answer for this. Help us to stand. Help us to be able to give an answer to every man that asketh the reason of the hope that's within us. Seems to be what you've called us to, Father. In Yeshua's name, amen. Hey, mighty warriors arise, yeah. Freedom does lie only away. The soon is the day when we see your face on the mount of your grace and zeal. Oh, 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 o